The following is a presentation of GeekGamer.tv. Geek Gamer Weekly is brought to you by Netflix Instant Streaming. Watch thousands of TV shows, episodes, movies, and more on your PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or TV absolutely instantly. All streamed to you by Netflix, saving you time, money, and hassle. For a free 30-day trial, please go to netflix.com slash geekgamer. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode 239, recorded on Sunday, June 24th, 2013. Xbox One goes 180. Geek Gamer Weekly is brought to you by Presonus and the Studio Live 1602. In a footprint of less than two square feet, the compact 16 channel Studio Live offers eight mono input channels and four stereo channels and provides 12 X-Max Class A solid-state mic preamps. For more information, please visit Presonus.com. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber podcast for geeks and gamers. Welcoming you back again to another edition of this lovely show. Episode number 239 of a continuing ongoing saga and series of train wrecks. My name is Chase Nunes, and I am orchestrating this charade, if you will, uh, as we talk about the latest in gaming and technology this week. Joining us, as always, except for last week, John was not here, but he is here this week. Hi, John. Hi. Did you guys I Yeah. I got a message last week that there was no show. Well, it turned into a show sort of. Uh Bowen Currens, Pinball Extraordinaire, uh-huh. sent me a message saying, "Hey Chase, no show tonight." And I'm like, "Well, unfortunately, uh, Joe couldn't make it and I couldn't get a hold of you." Mm-hmm. Um so basically I canceled the show and then at the last second Bowen's like, "Well, let's do a pinball show." Oh. So I got him and I got uh, Greg Dunlap, another pinball extraordinaire from Portland. And we did a pinball episode last week. Mm-hmm. And we threw it together last second, and it was a lot of fun. Cool. So you guys did do something. We did do something, yeah. yes. How are you doing? Just ducky. Cool. And uh, you have an appointment now to get a Nexus Pass. Yes. We'll talk about that later. Months. <laughs> we got we got plenty of time to talk about this in the, between now and that appointment. Joining us as well from the Oregon Bureau of Technology, Gaming Research and Development. It says so on Joe's lower third. Joseph Falby. Hey Joe. What's hey, up? How's it going? How's it shaking? It's good. What's behind you? Uh if for those who are watching the video, they see a relic behind your left shoulder or the right side yeah, of your screen. It's kind of hard to kind of hard to see uh right here. That is my Virtual Boy. Oh, I thought it was an Oculus Rift. No. Well, okay. Oculus Rift first gen, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. The original prototype. Uh, no, yep. it is a, a working Virtual Boy. I have a bunch of games for it, too. The only drawback to that, Joe, is uh, if you're using it and playing it, the Virtual Boy, that is, after like 10 minutes, you start seeing red for a very long time. It kind of burns into your retinas, doesn't it? 
But you're supposed to take a break, I think, every every 15 to 20 minutes of gameplay. But then they say that about every game that's out yeah, there. that's true. And I've, I've played it. Once you get it focused right, I mean, obviously I've played it. Once you get it focused right, it's not that bad. The hardest part for me is you have to get it at just the right height or you're leaning down to, to get, you know, get the eye cups in and it, it gets hard on your back and hard on your neck after a while. But. I swear I thought I saw a picture online of somebody uh, who took duct tape and they wrapped it around their head with the virtual boy and they're like, hey, you know, no hands. It's fully. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally, totally not going to do that to oh, my virtual that's, boy. Yeah, that's true because the residue would not come off very well. No, even though I have no residue duct tape, I still wouldn't do it. Yeah, don't blame you. So, Joe uh, and John and everybody out there, we're going to be doing an episode uh, called Geek Gamer News. We're going to chat about the top news of the week and maybe the month. We'll kind of re, re, re-look at things and kind of discuss some of the big top stories. And joining us uh, with uh, the Apple stories this week would be Joe. And Joe... Uh, there was a small, minor little conference that took place in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, by a small little fruit company called Apple. Yeah, that's that's close. That's the French branch. Okay. Uh, no, they had something called WWDC, right? And uh, right, yeah, WWDC. Yeah. It was at uh, I believe the Mascone Convention Center, Mascone, San Francisco. That's right. Close enough. Whatever. Uh, I've been there, so you know <laughs> the Moscone. Um, I've 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 been to the conference center. I went to uh, uh, a MacWorld back in '98 or '99. I can't remember when. Anyway, um, so yeah, they introduced a bunch of stuff. The biggest thing everybody was expecting, and and they received was an iOS seven release or a beta release. Now, anyway, for Joe, developers. yes. They, to be fair, this is really what. Uh, a lot of jailbreakers have been doing for a while. I mean, if you're if you're a jailbreaker, this looks like SB settings to me, but in reverse. Well, yeah, there are some. There are obviously, uh, well, hit, Apple with with iOS releases have a long history of taking ideas from the jailbreak community and incorporating them in the next release. And SB settings is something that's been in iOS in not and not just SB settings. To be fair, SB settings is the most popular one or the most well known one. True. There's a lot of different plugins for for jailbroken iPhones or a lot of different programs for jailbroken iPhones that do the same thing. Um, but this does. I would actually say that this is closer to what um, IntelliScreen X does than what SB settings does because it also has. Uh, like an overlook for your mail and a calendar entry stuff and, and more things like that. I know you can get those with SB settings with third-party plugins, but um, that is that you. But really, the pull-up UI is really just one piece. A yeah, whole refresh true. of how the OS looks and how it works. Um, not really how it works, but how it looks. Icons have have sort of changed style. They they let um, Jonathan Ive, who's the guy who's basically done a lot of the industrial design for Apple for. Oh, since since the uh, I think the second or third gen iMac, he's basically done all the industrial design. He took over the design group at Apple for iOS seven, and so a lot of this is coming from his design background and his standards, which are reasonably high. Now there have been some complaints, obviously, with uh, they don't like how some of the icons are. Some of the icons really don't make any sense. But this is still beta one. We're expecting a second beta sometime probably this week. We'll see if they make any changes to the icons there. But the big the big thing is just overall how things work and how things look is a huge, huge change. And I, I think it's for the better. 
And a lot of people were saying iOS feels stale. There hasn't been a really overall design refresh since it launched. Yeah. And this is exactly what it was. There's no more of that that felt back, you know, the game center doesn't look like a game table anymore. It looks like a modern program. Wasn't that there sort of thing? They got rid of a lot of that stuff. Wasn't there a, a specific uh, word for that, Joe? Where what is it? What, what were it? Uh, looks like there leather. Is, God, there's I a word. Can't think of what it's remember. called. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there there is, and uh, and and they're they they're trying to move away from that. Is is the idea? And I like I said, I think they're doing a pretty good job. I'm looking. Uh, I've, I'm I'm on I'm a I'm a registered Apple developer and or for iOS and so I have the the iOS beta on my phone right now and I really do like it. I moved from six one two to iOS seven and have not looked back at all. Uh, the task switcher is completely redesigned. I think it looks and works a lot better. One of the things I I it kind of actually reminds me of the the Palms task task switcher. Right at the very end, uh, right before Palm uh, ended their their line of phones, uh, so some big differences, some big changes. The other big thing that was announced there, wait, uh, well, two two big things that were announced there, yeah. Well, I was gonna before before you oh, skew morphism, yeah, yeah. Gor, uh, Gorotha got it. Yeah, I was gonna say be, before you before you jump into that, I I want to yeah. ask a guy. Now you and I, Joe, we've been messing around with iOS now for yes. a few, couple of generations. But there's a yeah. guy here in the studio. This John John can't spell iOS. <laughs> I zero S. I am sorry yep, see, that is I incorrect. Told, totally called that. Oh, <laughs> damn. No, I wanted to ask you, John. Yes. You're a guy that's been using Android now for a couple of years. Huh. So when you see, uh, you saw the screenshots, you saw the pictures here. Mm-hmm. What are your impressions from from an outsider's perspective? Because uh, I really would love to know what you think from what you see. Put that picture back up. So you want you want the first picture or which, the second? Which picture? Whatever the last one was. All right. Well, for, here's well, okay, here's well, here's, the, here's the first one. Okay. So here's the overall new first look. So so here's the first one. Mm-hmm. And this is just a settings menu, if okay. you will. Okay. Yeah. So it's a pull up settings menu now from the bottom, and it's accessible from the lock screen as well. Uh huh. So you got that, yeah. John. And then I will scroll down here, and I'll show you. The other one, uh, which is this, is how they multitask. So if you do a, a double tap on the home button, you get this uh, this kind of get a little screenshot, and you can flick up to close it, or you can swipe to the right and click on it uh, to go in between your your apps and stuff. So th- those are there. And by the way, there's loads of more pictures online. But mm-hmm. what what do you think? Yeah. What do you think of it? Be honest. It's it's I don't know it's just it's an operating it's just different. Would I mean would I, something like I, that appeal to you? I would have to sit there and play with it in my hand. Really? Yes. Now, did you do that before you bought the the Evo that you have in your hands right now? Actually, yes. I went in, in the store and messed with a couple of phones and right. said, "Well, I'll take that one. I like it." <laughs> you didn't get an iPhone. No. Why not? Because. No, tell me why. I'm trying to get John out of his shell, everybody. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying because I'm really trying. I wanted an Android because because it wasn't an Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what? Do you hear this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I. Uh, you know what? John is entitled to his opinion, as wrong as it may be. Uh, that's fine. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's it, it's hard to 
you know, it's really hard to to. There are some people who are really stuck on on uh, a specific phone, and they have be, to have be a careful. phone. And have be to have careful, a John. Certain thing. What this is? Uh, this is directed at you, John. So I, sure no, I, it's not specifically directed at him. It's it's mostly directed just at at everybody who who uh, I think everyone who is an iPhone and iOS hater who have never tried using one, have never been exposed to one, have never have never given it a try. I don't ever take anything they say at value because if they're not willing to at least give something a try, whether they like it or not doesn't matter. They have to be willing to try it. They they don't really have any feet to stand on. You know what I think we uh, should do, Joe? Here's what I think we should yeah. do. Well, I, ha- I have an now, idea. No, no, back that up though. You know, it's oh, like okay, okay. Yeah. Like I've had in the past, like Chase to be like, "Oh, here, look at this," and he hands me his phone, and I'm looking at like, "All right, what do I do with this?" You know, um, uh, you know, I, I've had limited experience with um, the regular iOS on um, my old boss from firefighting. All his stuff was Apple. Uh, you know, I'd be over, he's like, well, hey, can you print, do this for me and stuff? And I'd be looking at it like, well, I mean, where's this? Where's that? You know, I've got really limited experience, you know, and I, to, to me, it's just, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, are you, let I, me, let's say generally when I'm trying to do something, uh-huh. I don't want to sit there for 15, 20 minutes trying right. to figure out how to use it. Well, let me ask you this. But at the same time, yes, I had to figure out using my phone. It didn't, I mean, that was different. Um, just, I haven't had good experience or I just, it, it, you know, anything I've, I've had to use with Apple, it's always left me with a, meh. What was but, your first impression with Apple? When, when was your, your very first impression with Apple? Well, no, I mean, well, you, you can't, I mean, well, you should say iOS. Cause you go, if you say all my right, first impression with right, Apple, yeah, right, I'm so thinking, first, all right, yeah, yeah cause that'd be go, go yeah, back to okay, Apple 2 e day. You what know? was your first impression with iOS? Uh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, really? it's like, yeah, it was like, well, you're know, like going, okay, I get this mouse in my hand. Well, where's the right, you know, like, but that's not iOS. Okay, what would that be? That would be OS X. That would be uh, OS. Mac OS. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, just Mac OS. Not yeah. Literally OS 10, depending yeah. on when. That's yeah. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, was, that was like in the last five years. Okay. Um, But, you know, it's like, I don't know. I was kind of lot, you know, sitting there looking, you know, look at the screen. All right, well, where'd it? Not knowing where anything was. Because here, here's what I want to do, John. Here, here's what I propose. Now I know you're on AT, uh, you're on Sprint. Yeah. So I mean, I can't lend you my iPhone 4s for you to mess with because mm-hmm. it would be pointless. But I will, I will let you. You can use it as a Wi-Fi mm-hmm. device, or as an iPod Touch. As an iPod mm-hmm. Touch, or I also have an iPad Mini, and I would like you to take it home with you for a week. And I would, I'm going to reset it to factory specs. You take it home. You mess around with it for a week. Mm-hmm. And you report back next week. Your experience. Actually give it a fair shot. Give it a picking fair it up shot. And looking at it for 30 seconds and saying, none of these icons look like Google things. And then putting it down and going Now, to I know else. you're you're a tablet fan. I mean, what do you have there in front of you right now? Show it up to the camera. My Nook. You have a Nook. Mm-hmm. So you, you do use tablets. Mm-hmm. But you haven't had a full experience with iOS tablet anything before, right? No. Okay. So would you be willing, live here on the show, tell it to the whole wide world, would you, John Kessler, do it? Sure. All right, done. Now, do you want to do it, do you want to do it on the phone? And it would just do, be do the iPod Do time? the iPad mini. I'll do the, the iPad, iPad mini. mini. Okay. Do the iPad mini. Fair enough. Because that's a lot more like the Nexus 7 that you used to have, mm-hmm. only... 
Uh, I think it's a lot easier to use. <laughs> I, I mean, having both tablets, uh, you know, like I said, that that's the whole thing about if if nobody's used it, they I don't think they should be able to say anything about it. I've used all of them. I have a Nexus Seven. I have iPads. I have had a Windows Phone. I love my Palm phones. Now you're going to have to give it a fair shot, John. What that means but, is you're going to have to install iTunes. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to set up an Apple ID account. You keep hitting the phone. Uh, the yeah, thing. I'm yeah. sorry. That's right. You're gonna to need to set up an account, and you need to download. Some, I don't. I'm not gonna require you to buy any apps or anything. Just, you know, download some free apps and mess around with it, and and then yeah, report and, back. And we'll we'll recommend some apps for you to give a try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All right. You heard it here first, everybody. Now, the other big news out of WWDC, and this is one... Two. Two. Well, two. There, the, well, two hardware announcements. Two hardware announcements. Yes. The main, one of them is available today. That's true. The other one won't be available till November? Yeah, maybe? November, December. When we talk about what's available now, <clears throat> talk yeah. about what's available now. What What is that, Joe? Well, that's a new MacBook Air. MacBook Air refresh. That's right. That's nice. So the cool thing about this MacBook Air is it's one of the first laptops out there, one of the first tab or not not tablets, but one of the first uh, mobile devices out there. It's going to use Intel's new processors. So it's going to have um, I can't remember the name, the code name for these processors, but uh, they're they're basically high power or, or low usage but high performance or low battery but high performance. So they get almost the same performance as like the the older processors, the the current gen Core i7s or the previous gen Core i7s, I guess, but they have much much better integrated graphics and they use much less power. And the thirteen, the eleven and thirteen inch MacBook Air, which were both refreshed, both are going to carry are going to have those processors. The other, the, because of that, they're going to have this ridiculous battery life. Um, and when I say ridiculous battery life, I mean ridiculous battery life. Apple is saying that you should be able to get. Nine hours of use. Wow. Nine hours of use. Nine. Nine hours <laughs> out of the 11-inch MacBook Air and 12 hours out of the 13-inch. 12 hours. I, I just can't believe how much how much time that is. And you know what? People who have who've bought these things, because they're available now, you can go to an Apple store and pick one up right now, right. are actually saying they're getting those numbers. They're getting really close to those wow. numbers. So... Uh, that's just amazing. That's I was amazed cool. with when I got, you know, like six, seven hours out of one of my computers. Yeah. The idea of getting 12 hours out of a laptop without having to plug it in is just fantastic. So that was the actual product launch. That came out. It was available the next day. You go Haswell to an Apple store, pick it up. Viewer. Haswell is the, the yeah. processor name from Intel that, that yeah. those things are running. And uh, and they're they're surprisingly competitive. Thousand bucks for the uh, for the 11 inch. And uh, the 13 starts at 1100. Are you disappointed so, that the there's no touch? They don't have a retina the, display. Well, <laughs> so that is one thing they're missing is they don't have a retina display, yeah. which I know a lot of people are not too happy about. But you know what? For the price, the price point they hit on these things is so good that it's not. I don't think that's a big issue. Um, plus, on 11 and a 13 screen, I don't think a retina display is quite as important as it is on a bigger screen. But so, yeah. I mean, I think they're fantastic. They I need mean, more memory. That's about the only thing. I mean, I have a MacBook Air uh, that was uh, that was donated in, and mm-hmm. I love it. It's it's great. Uh, I'm surprised I can still pack more into it. I, I'm just <laughs> uh, I'm astonished. Yeah, and it's well, it's, it's a really nice 
mini laptop, it's perfect, really. It's yeah, it works a lot, very well. A lot of it is the new processor line, the Haswell processor line coming out of Intel. It has a vastly improved 3D engine in it. The the graphics subprocessor on it is is really, really good. I mean it's not it's not like discrete video card good. You know, it's not ever gonna be as fast as a as a, a, a high end ATI card or a high end NVIDIA card, but it's really good for an integrated solution on a really thin, thin, super light laptop. Right. And um, and of course SSD storage. Oh, that's the other big difference. Big difference on these is Apple's moving to entirely PCIe based uh, SSD storage. So instead of the storage being hooked up to hooked up to a SATA bus, it's directly into a PCI interface. So, so it's a faster throughput, right? Basically, way faster. Yeah. Benchmarks are seeing seven hundred megs per second. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it's. It's like all the way around. It's a, it's an outstanding machine, and uh, and you know if I if I were in the market for a laptop right now, that is the direction I would be looking. I mean, it, it doesn't have all the same features as like a Retina Retina MacBook, but it has enough, and and the portability, the power, the the life, everything like that is just fantastic. I, and the price, I can't, I I just can't get over the price either. I've been trying to push everybody to buy one. Now, one, bucks. It's only one final hardware <laughs> announcement, and this was one that was really anticipated by a lot of people, including myself in the uh, production community. Uh, and I got to say, when I, I, still ha- I still, to this moment, have mixed feelings about it. And I know, John Kessler, you haven't seen this yet. Now, before I mention this, since John Kessler is not a Mac person, okay, John, you've seen my Mac Pro that I have under here on my desk, right mm-hmm. underneath here, the the silver tower. Yeah. And uh, Apple has not really fully refreshed this platform for close to three years. Mm-hmm. All right. So they finally announced a refresh at the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the developers conference. In your mind, if you were doing a refresh of a computer platform a towered platform yeah what's the picture in your head what would that look like to you or would would you stay would you stick with the silver tower design would you maybe redesign it a different kind of tower design uh would you uh have more pci slots less pci slots what would you do if you were johnny ive and you had the creativity and Depends on you Unlimited know okay, money. A, a refresh now, like the one you have down there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess it, it just depends on what the function. You know, what its what its primary function is. You know, you know what core group are they are they marketing to? Uh, they're they're looking at uh, professionals that deal with uh, video uh, uh, video editing and video production. Uh, programmers, not so much per se, but I mean, really, just like high Des- desktop desktop publishing, desktop mostly, publishing, yeah. uh, graphics arts related. Graphic arts. So obviously, you know, they're going to want to beef up, you know, internal memory, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. You know, definitely a good hefty processor, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would I would imagine you know a, f- a few expansion pl- slots to some degree. Okay. Would you throw in any of the new newer connectivities like maybe USB 3 or Thunderbolt or anything like that? Probably. Okay. Cuz you got to be forward thinking on that. Of course. Of course. Uh now, John, what if I told you? Mm-hmm. What what if I told you that the new design, the brand new design of the Mac Pro, and this is no joke. Mm-hmm. You're going to see this right now on the monitor, mm-hmm. looked like this. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Underwhelming. <laughs> uh, oh, I set that up so well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious, John. That is what it looks like. I am I am not joking. I part of me wishes I was, but this is the front side of the brand new Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Joe, maybe if you can get me a link real quick uh, to the back side, um, I would show John well, I, the ports. Uh, I can give you a link to uh, if I can find where I chat at you. Here you go. Yeah, that works. So this I, is this is Apple's official page on it. Uh, it's probably the easiest. If you go down to the right to expansion, there's a little dot on the right that'll say expansion. Just click on that. Okay. So, so the the, the I, well this but this satisfies all the all the things that you said, John. Right? More processor, more memory, more. Well, I would expect it to be. I mean, somewhat aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> well, how about, I mean, how about if we if we point out that this thing is like like eight inches tall? It's eight inches tall, and here's the expansion. You ready, John? That's it, right there. There you go. There's, so, so up, up six Thunderbolt two ports. So yes. up, up at the top here, you got you, you got a headphone jack or a line-in jack, headphone jack, four USB three ports. Mm-hmm. Okay, six Thunderbolt ports, two gigabit ports, an HDMI port, uh-huh. and looks like the, the power, power supply is yeah. built in. Uh, so so you plug. have you have your power plug there. So you just have a single HDMI out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and what if you want to upgrade or change up, add anything in internally to the video? Well, it it, it has two two AMD uh, workstation level graphics cards. Yeah. So so what not they're gaming graphics cards. So what they're mm-hmm. thinking, John, is you are not going to ever want to update your graphics. And yeah. if, well, well, no one would ever. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Wait. All right. The Thunderbolt two interface. That's true. Is effectively a PCIe bus, twenty gigabyte gigabit speed on okay. that cable. Okay, so you can run external displays and external graphics cards. In fact, somebody's making—I uh, can't remember who it is—makes a case that you put a gra- a full end graphics card in and plug it into a Thunderbolt port, and you end up with a desktop graphics card in a case next to your laptop. Now, John. You can daisy chain up to thirty six different devices, twenty gigs of transfer speeds. You can connect up to three four K displays. Okay, so it's going to be able to handle that. But but why are you chuckling there, John? Why are you laughing about that? I wanted to say something, but I can't say it on the air. Well, censor yourself and say it. No, I can't. Can't be censored enough. That you can. One thing to remember, people who are laughing about this thing, this is not for a home user. No, it's, it's for not. a production user. It's it's designed for somebody who's using it. And the reason why they make a big point about it having 4K is 4K is the next, obviously the next video tech. So it's it's designed for the person who's doing editing in that world, somebody who's doing that sort of work. It's going to come in at two or $3,000 easy. Oh, yeah. It's not a home machine. And people who think that it's it's going to be um vastly expensive John. or who who think it's going to be way too expensive and not realistic for people they're right it's not for the average home user so there's it's for there, a very specific market and there's your graphics right now the current gpu performance is 2.7 teraflops the new mac pro will do 7 teraflops of computing power 
Hey, yeah, has it got a hot plate up on top there? You can put your, you know, your coffee well, cup. Does it keep your coffee cup the, warm? The one thing about the design is, is which is pretty remarkable, as I'm, I'm clicking on it and it's moving me, is just the, the we've seen like cases where the heat, uh, you know, uh, oh God, was it your case, Joe, that has this? Is it your case, the box that, like everything's kind of inverted sideways, so it dissipates yeah. heat much easier. Yeah, everything's rotated so uh, so the the video cards and the back of the motherboard and stuff point out the top of the case. Since hot air rises, that's the way it is. So, this is also a design. Um, it, they say it has a thermal core. If you click on the on the side, it'll say therm. It, one of the things says thermal core. So so it's got this this aluminum heat sink in the middle that all the components basically send their heat into. So Joe, as a production user, as mm-hmm. as I am. I have a Mac Pro, okay, and uh, technically I have dibs on one of these, but that's a separate story altogether. The The one thing that really rubs me on this, mm-hmm. and I understand why Apple did what they did. They're, they're trying to do something radical and and try to really... Hipster. I don't, I don't consider this hipster. But everything that I have, everything, everything in my system is non-transferable into this. Everything. What do you mean, everything? My video card, my capture devices, uh, all of those, memory, all of these dev- all of these things are non-transferable into the new Mac Pro. And there's, it, it doesn't appear to me I could make any changes for expandability internally. I have to do everything external. Yeah. I don't know if I want multiple capture devices uh, laid across my desk or laid across the floor I, and having a, well, needing this, a power this, adapter for each of them. I, I don't honestly, know. This, this device is, you're really the bottom of the market for this device, for this new Mac Pro. They're looking at, at somebody who doesn't shy away from buying a, a $20,000 storage box. Uh, they don't have a problem buying... Uh, 4K monitors that are, you know, five grand a piece that are buying cameras that are, you know, 20 grand, 30 grand. I just love that. How they, they say that this that's, is going no, to that's that's who this is for, though. That's the market they're into with this. That's what Final Cut Pro is really designed for. That's what that's what this product is meant for. And that's why it's going to be priced as high as it's going to be priced. What it's also you, why it's built the way. Do it we is. know exactly how much it's going to be priced? We don't. But so how much do you think? What's your what's your red book prediction? My my base level price on this, and it's obviously going to go up with options, is probably going to be two grand. Yeah, if I, not twenty five hundred. Yeah. Now, wouldn't doesn't Apple basically they've just neutered all future sales of the Mac Pro now? They've just neutered all of them until the end of the year, right? Basically, the current gen Mac Pro. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I I have the Mac Pro is not a hot selling item for them as it is anyway. Well, true. So, yeah, I mean, even true. if even if they cut the Mac Pro sales in 50, by fifty percent, it's more than made up for by the number of of MacBook Airs they're going to sell instead. I think, or what, the number of tablets they're selling. I mean, it, I think Apple what they should do is with the existing Mac Pro is uh, they should keep it, call it the Mac Pro Classic, and cut the price by fifty percent. Now, I think I think this is actually the right direction for them. The current Mac Pro is too big. It it has internal storage and internal expandability, but real realistically, it's it's too far behind. Um, that that 
style of system is great for uh, for a gaming uh, gaming user. Somebody's going to put in high end graphics card, that sort of thing to do gaming on. But for a production house, this makes honestly, I think it makes more sense. You could fit four or five of these into into one, you know, into one set of space on a, on a rack, and then have all your other storage around it. And it, it's That's true. I think it's like I said for the market they're going after. There's a reason why a lot of the the people who are the people who are complaining about this and saying it's going to be terrible are the people who think it should be a desktop, a home machine. The people who are professionals who are looking at it, by and large, the reviews that I've read have said they're looking forward to. It. Do 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 professionals like to have difference. multiple external devices though? I mean, do they? No, but they need more storage than they can get internally, and they need it faster than they can get internally. That's true. I'm and just I'm just thinking Thunderbolt about who allows that. Now I know you can daisy chain. X number of devices. I know that mm-hmm. we we just saw the the big graphic, but yeah. I mean, there's got to be a limit. Like you can only have say so many graphics devices daisy chained together. It's, it's twenty gigabits on the cable. Okay. So you can you can I think it's up to well thirty six devices total for the whole Mac Pro. Right, but realistically so, though, I mean, you can't have thirty six capture devices. That's not going to happen because bandwidth's going to take a lot more than. Than what the system could probably handle. Well, so so you can put six uh, six devices on each Thunderbolt port. Daisy chain up to six devices on each Thunderbolt port. Right. Yeah. So it's not like you're putting thirty six devices onto one port. Right. Okay. I see. Um, yeah. It's six devices per port, and my understanding is that's that's two monitors that you can have up to two monitors on each port. Um, capture cards, unless you're doing four K video, even raw 1080p isn't not. 20 gig, 20 gig should be plenty for for several capture devices at at 1080p, 720p. At, you know who cares? Does does the de- um, do, do you know if the devices themselves would require separate power, or is that going to be also be being able to be pulled across the Thunderbolt too? Uh, Thunderbolt does have power, but I don't know how exactly how much it is, and it depends on the device. Most of the external storage boxes for this thing are going to be massive multi-hard drive storage NASes, you know, not, right. not necessarily NAS, but but a massive external storage box, 10, 15, 20 hard drives in it. Yeah, Those things are going to have external power. There's no way you're going to run it off that. I w- um, the same thing for displays. The yeah. backlights require too much power. They're going to have external storage. I, I will say this. I, I You know, I as a Mac Pro user... I'm very happy to see that at least Apple is not going to be kicking this in the can, so to speak, and getting rid of the Mac Pro. They are revolutionizing it. They're changing it. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. And the one final thing we have to say about it is it will be assembled here in the United States, yep. Yep. which is really nice to see. Uh, actually, some jobs uh, brought back here uh, yep. to the U.S. to do this. So. Yeah. L- looking forward to it, uh, I am. I don't know if I will have one or not. We will see. Uh, my red book prediction on the on the base level price will be three thousand. I think. Uh, John Kessler, since you have no idea what you're talking about in this regard, I'm kidding. Five. You're saying five. All right, fair enough. It's gonna be made in the U.S. All right. You got with you know with U.S. you know normal wage people. Instead of third world normal <laughs> wage people, I, I'm wow. referring to the uh, the cutthroat third world country slave labor that gets built on everything else gets built with. Now, outside of these big news stories of WWDC and E3, there were some other stories that did uh, 
was leaked out over the past couple of weeks. One of those being that Google has confirmed their acquisition that they are going to be getting Waze, even though they did say that they're going to keep Waze independently right now. You're going to get a Waze with it? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway... Uh, but right now, it is under review of the FTC, I believe, if that's correct, the yep. Federal Trade Commun- uh, Commission, uh, just making sure that everybody's doing it right and not being anti-competitive and stuff. Now, Joe, uh, we de- we've we had Waze as a pick of the week here on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did Waze as one of the very, one of my very first picks of the week, I well, think. What do, what do you think about this? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I mean, it, there you have so it. So if they if they keep it well, if they if Google stays true and keeps it as an independent operation, but just you know takes a cut off the top, which right. is basically what I hope they're going to do. Uh huh. I I don't see a big issue here. I think Waze is a good product, stands on its own. Um, I understand why they would have joined with Google because now they'll have access to that sweet sweet Google money. Um, but uh, you know, I sure hope it doesn't doesn't poison the product. I I, I do like Waze. Um, I use it quite a bit. I the new the how the social integration works now I think is pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm concerned, but hopeful. You know, I will I will have to wait and see what happens over the next couple of years. But at I least would- for now. It means nothing. Nothing. A whole lot is going to change. Yeah, I I like the crowdsourcing aspect to Google Way. Uh, Google Ways. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's what it's going to be yeah. called, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to ways. Uh, to ways a lot, um, and to see those features incorporated to say Google Navigation and Google Maps, I think that would be really great. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I could see why Google would buy them. It's a pretty smart acquisition, and I could see why the FTC wants to review it. John probably has never heard of Waze and never uses it. <laughs> what, John? I'm sorry, you have a cough? What? Yes. I've seen well, he heard Waze. of it when I did it as a pick of the week. That's yeah. true. No, I've yeah. seen you use it in your car on trips before. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen it. I don't use it because I don't go anywhere uh-huh. long enough that I need to have a GPS on my dash to tell me how to get there. That's true. I mean, I mean, like when you go to work, wouldn't it be nice to know there's an accident on 522? So you can take an yeah. alternate route. I don't have or, any help. Or being Washington that a bridge collapsed somewhere. Oh. Yeah. Um, actually. It's, it, no, it's rebuilt now. I'm, I'm pretty much oh, really? stuck right. with my yeah. one. What, Sean? I'm pretty much stuck with the one way for me to get to work. No, there's there, back roads. There, there are ways. There's one other way. There are ways. ways. Always. There, there is, are always. I've routes. gone the other way. It is not. You've gone the other way, John? Yes, I've gone. I've gone both ways. <laughs> it's not very nice. And on that Good note. night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's move on to some gaming news, shall we? Now, we uh, we talked about this here on the show. Uh, NVIDIA's Shield, which is a handheld portable gaming rig system, is going to be arriving. Android device. Android device. going to be arriving on June 27th and four days from now for the low, 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 low price of $300. Any, anything yeah. else to add, Joe? I don't know. I, I saw the demo of it and I was impressed. I thought it actually worked pretty well. It'll stream if you're on the same network as as your NVIDIA based computer with a gra- with uh, NVIDIA six series or newer graphics card. It'll stream the video right to your device. So, you know, if who's you're the market of this? Keep playing. Who's the market of this for? Uh, because this is fifty dollars more than a Vita. Okay, 
Yes. And it's $100 short of a new PlayStation 4. So yes. why would anybody buy one of these? Would you buy one of these? I would buy one before I'd buy a Vita. Okay, but but would you buy one of these? I've been thinking about it. Really? I haven't, I haven't decided. Yeah. Wow. I think it's a it's a cool little device. I'm 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 hoping that we're going to have some at uh, PDX Land, some of the final versions, because we had one at the last PDX Land, but it was a the only person who got to hold it was the Nvidia guy. Um, oh, that's messed <laughs> that up. That sort of situation. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, it was it had just been announced like a month before. Right. So I'm really hoping that at this next PDX Land, they'll bring a few. I, I don't know if they're going to or not. I'm really hoping they will. Uh, I would like to play with one hands on before I would commit to buying one. But I like the the potential and the idea is really cool. The downside to it is, I mean, if you're playing a game like GTA, if you're playing a game that, you know, really uses joysticks and, and standard controller buttons, it makes sense. If you're playing a first-person shooter, there's a reason we play them on PCs, and that's yeah. the way the keyboard and mouse. Controllers are mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. But uh, it, it certainly opens up some interesting possibilities, and I, I think it has a lot of potential behind it. I think it has a so, lot of potential. The only thing that especially I especially if they're going to hook it up to the Nvidia grid, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, the the only thing I would say about this though, Joe, is I think it's just too much for a portable console. I I, I really do, and especially when you can get yourself a hands on a, a phone or a 3ds or uh, I wouldn't even go Vita, but I would just say those three. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, but so one, you one way to there, think about it, yeah. One way to think about it is it it potentially could be the Wii U gamepad to the PC gaming, right? That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it like I said, it's I think it has some potential. Three hundred bucks is a lot better price than three fifty was. I mean, it's only fifty bucks, but it still is a better price. Uh, and we'll have to see. They're, they'll be available, like like you said, on the 27th. You can get it from all the standard places. Um, I would like to check one out, but I, I don't know if, I would, if I'm going to buy one or not. Fair enough. But I'm at least willing to give it a fair shot. John, you're a portable uh, person. You play games portably. This is not on your radar. It, you could probably watch. You could probably watch that that Man, anime. You're really relaxing back you there, aren't you? Yeah. Look at you. You're you're I'm, no, I'm like wow. totally off center on the camera. Yeah, now. you're like falling asleep back there. Is, is, it, is this not on your radar? No. Why not? I just don't do. I I not on my radar. Not on your radar. Nope. I don't own any if portable so, gaming devices. If someone gave this to you, you would just say, "I'd give it away." Now, if it had Eve support, you know, chat member Ooh. three a nine three five four two five, it had Eve support. Would you do it then? It, and it will. It will. If you have a if you have an Nvidia six series card, you could be playing. You could be sitting on your couch playing Eve nope. on this thing. Nope. And uh, John, nope. anywhere in your if house, it had anywhere Eve, where you got wireless. I could already play Eve on my home theater PC, and I don't. Why not? Because it's not convenient. It's, yeah. I mean. I you know there's too I've got there's too much stuff for me to play Eve no that won't work <laughs> yeah you guys would laugh at me playing Eve we do that we yeah anyways yeah. um yeah. but yeah the thing <laughs> no you know well that's the one thing is like why would you you take such a beautiful game like Eve and screen, you know how big is that screen how big is the screen smaller uh, than what's I, on my I nook I don't know probably no bigger uh, yes. than what's on my phone yeah probably. Yeah, I, I trying to play Eve on 
that. I mean, no. I mean, look at yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it just it's that screens. Yeah, no bigger than what's on my phone. And but you no. at least have a control pad. It's a it's a five inch seven twenty panel. <laughs> Fine, John. Yeah, just Fine. like you said, you wouldn't play a first person shooter on there, now would you? No. No, not really. No. Yeah. Nope. So it does run the one thing going forward or one of the things going forward is it is running straight Android Jelly Bean. That's nice. I don't know which version of Android that is. It could be three years back. I think I have John no has idea. like Froyo or Yo-Yo or oh. ice. No, he doesn't have ice cream sandwich. Yeah. I think no. he has like gingerbread. Yeah. No. No. If you go to your about, it will probably tell you. All right. Anyway, while John's looking number. that up and we'll get that information to you guys by next year. Uh, one of the big stories <laughs> that came out of E3 this year was how Sony really put it to the screws of Microsoft in regards to the big fiasco known as the Xbox One versus the PlayStation 4 and the battle of used games. Now, let me give you guys the, the, the summary real brief. This I'm going to try to be as brief as I can. Microsoft originally came out and announced that the way that they're going to handle used games will be completely different than in the past. First off, you would be able to buy your games via disc or digital form, install them onto your console, and then you would never need the disc again. You would be able to take those digital copies and sell them to a friend after you've been a friend with them for over 30 days. And then that friend would not be able to resell it, but at least you would be able to sell it digitally. Not only that, then your console would have to phone home every 24 hours. Phone home meaning it would have to connect to the internet and do its DRM thing. So once that was announced, and and there was some other big features, by the way. There were other features involved with this, but I'm not going to get you can't, into those. You can't unplug or turn off connect. Right. There's right. no power button on the actual console. That's right. Uh, only authorized places will be allowed to resell games. And even then, the price control is probably going to be by the publisher or Microsoft. Right. Uh, I, there's like, yeah, like there, all there, these restrictions. There was a lot of restrictions. Yeah. So when Sony heard about this, now we didn't know prior to E3 what Sony's position was going to be when it came to these kind of restrictions for their games. Mm -hmm. We don't know. There was a lot of guessing that Sony was probably going to have something similar because... Why would Microsoft do it if Sony wasn't going to do something similar? Yeah, that if the publishers were the one pushing this, right. forcing it on Microsoft, forcing it on Microsoft, right? Then Sony would probably have to bow to the same requirement. Yeah, of course. So we you know, we were expecting uh, some sort of announcement at E3 that this was going to happen to the Sony uh, PlayStation Four platform. Well, really, uh, it came out that nope. Not going to happen on the PlayStation 4. As a matter of fact, even Sony had so much fun and gloating about this. They they made a, a quick video about uh, here's how you you uh, you can borrow and sell used games on the console. And it was just one guy handing a game to somebody else, and that was it. <laughs> it was it was it was very very just putting the screws to Microsoft. Sucker punch. And uh, Microsoft really had no choice but to do a. 180, if you will. Pick themselves up off the floor. <laughs> a 180 on the Xbox One. A U-turn, if you will. And 
they have uh, pulled back those policies. So the the console, yeah. the new console, will no longer need to phone home. Essentially, uh, it will need a quote zero day patch. So when you plug in the system, it will need to go online once, just once, to register to patch some of these things. And they've done an about face on this. Um, so for me, I understand why Microsoft did this. I think obviously they took a huge hit in this regard. Uh, I think they could have handled it a lot differently and conveyed the message a little differently. I did like some of the features that the uh, Xbox One would have had, like having your entire library up on the cloud. So if I, if John got an Xbox One and I went over to his house, I could pull down all my games and play them on his console and I wouldn't have to pack them in my bag or anything like that. I could just pull them down and, you know, they would, I would have them there. It's really cool. And actually you could set up a family account system. So up to 10 accounts on Xbox Live Gold can have access to the same library. Hmm. So let's say, you know, John, myself, Joe, a whole bunch of friends, we could all have a family account. And we can check games in and out of those libraries. That's not going to be happening anymore. Um, so they've gone back basically to the Xbox 360 way of doing it, where you, uh, you would be able to buy discs or you'd be able to buy digital copies on the console marketplace and do it that way. I already know in talking with Joe how he feels about this, uh, but we're going to give him a chance to speak his mind here on the show. Joe, what do you think? I, I don't know. I, I think so. I, I think the biggest thing we can take from this is if Microsoft was able to just say, okay, we're, we're forget it, we're changing it back the way it was, and Sony never had to go through this, it obviously wasn't something pushed by developers or publishers. It was something Microsoft decided to do themselves, which means that anybody who had any trust that Microsoft Xbox Xbox for Microsoft was really meant to be good for gamers and more was, was really meant for to be both a profitable product and something that makes gamers happy and they and they like and and you know are, are on their side should just throw it out the window it's all about money for microsoft and as soon as they have the opportunity to do this again they're gonna do it and they won't backpedal on it unless they can see it costing them serious dollar signs which is what this is gonna do right. i also think this this is damage control at this point and it's too little too late I know a lot of people who've already basically sworn off on the Xbox One. They've said, nope, going to buy a PS4 for next gen. It doesn't matter since none of the libraries are backwards compatible at all. So you're basically starting from scratch anyway. They'll keep their 360 around until Microsoft decides to shut those down, which they will. And uh, then they'll play their PS4. Let me play devil's advocate with you for a minute, Joe. Now, I don't necessarily believe this, but I'm going to play a little bit of it. So first things first. Obviously, there was big backlash from, from the gaming community yeah. about what Microsoft was doing. A little bit. A little bit. And uh, Sony saw this, and they went to the publishers themselves. And they go, look, do you see this? Do you see this? If we do the exact same thing, we're going to get neutered. We're going to get killed. No one will buy any next-gen console. So we're going to exercise our existing contracts... And we're going to keep it the status quo. We're not going to make any changes. And so they went out and announced that everything's staying the same. So when they made that announcement, Microsoft went back to these developers and they go, look, 
We didn't convey the message quite right for what you wanted. So what we're going to do is we're going to revert just like Sony did. And they did. Um, I, I think if Microsoft was able to, because we like Steam as a great example. We use Steam a lot. Uh, for PC, we try to make sure to buy all our games through Steam because we like having our digital libraries all in one place, having all of our games in one place. To have this on the console would not be anything different than what's happening on the PC, in my opinion. So they didn't really convey that message quite well. Everybody they everybody was focused on it. It has to phone home every 24 hours. And, you know, they... It, whoever does the PR over at Microsoft, they need to have a, a lesson on how to share the news because they didn't share it very well at all. And I think if the message was shared correctly, this could have went a different way. But how would you share that message correctly? I mean, what would be... Well, a- look what Steam does. I mean, they, they are able to do it just fine, right? And everybody yeah, loves you're, you're Steam. Talking about, you're, you're talking about different markets. Yes, on on a whole, the PC market is higher end than the console market. Right, and Steam is so, an online and Steam yeah. Steam is yeah Steam. It's not like when you buy a Windows PC, you have a, you have one choice Steam. You buy all your game on Steam. You don't have any other way to do it. You can't buy them physical copies. You can't buy them any other method. Obviously, that's not the case. What Microsoft was saying is, if you buy our console, you have to buy all the games the way we say you have to buy them, and. When you buy those games, you can only use them the way we say you can use them. And when you buy them that way, or when you buy this console, you don't even bother thinking about it, about buying this console, unless you already have a broadband connection at home. So if you're if you're an avid gamer who tries to play, you know, loves their Xbox, plays multiplayer with friends, whatever, split screen, whatever, but you're out somewhere where you don't have a broadband internet connection, sorry, we don't care about you for this generation. You're on your own. See, that's yeah, that's well, a mistake, but go ahead, John. Yeah, because you can put Steam in the offline mode. Right. And you could have an offline mode for you know a month. But don't you have to authenticate first before you can go into offline mode? You, well, you have to be well, you have to be on the internet for Steam, I mean, to install yeah, things on Steam, Steam in the first place. So when you're done with that, you just go up to go up but when like if you're going to a LAN party and you know there's not going to be internet or something like that, you can go up there and say go to offline mode. mode. It'll right. switch your Steam client over to offline mode. Next time you start your computer up, you don't have to have internet connection. It won't matter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could be that way for a month. I mean, what would you Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's and, the thing, Microsoft should have, and in my opinion, should have took lessons from the way Steam does it, and God forbid, even the way Origin does it, yeah. and 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 take the good things about how it works on those platforms and bring it over to the console. But the way that they were trying to bring it over to the console was completely, what's the word, uh, totalitarian? Uh, yeah. the, totalitarian dictatorship? Yeah, it, was, it, 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 it didn't feel good. <laughs> no, and... Well, the other thing is now when you guys are having the competitions, and you got like, you know, a, a team's worth of Xboxes set up there or two right. teams. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they always have every one single one of those hooked to the internet? Well, they would if this. They would, would have to be. They would have to be. Yeah. Yeah. It would require you know. So now you got you know places that might not generally. Yeah, but they, that's that's relatively minor though. I yeah. I mean, when you look at the big picture of things. Yeah. Oh, okay, and then well, yeah. I would say the other, the other issue I think that hasn't really been addressed is is the question of Connect. Microsoft is insisting that Xbox Connect, which is basically a completely failed experiment, is now required and has to be plugged in, and it's the only way to use the Xbox and turn the Xbox on. And you still have a controller, but you have to talk to it to turn it on. 
you don't know if it's listening all the time or not. You don't know if it's recording video ever. And with this this NSA thing that just came out and Microsoft being involved in that, it opens a whole bunch of other questions. So I'm I'm not going to buy it simply for the fact that I don't like the idea of the Connect. I never have. The only thing I think the Connect might be good for is a 3D scanner. Um, <laughs> and and you know it's it's for me the whole console is is poisoned because of Microsoft's attitude towards their consumers and the the idea of being forced into having to connect on it. Yeah. Well, that's true. The the whole connect thing is a little weird how they're they're making it mandatory and obviously they're yeah. selling it with every console. The other thing I'm also I mean, they're going to have to sell them separately cuz what if you damage your connect, your new connect? Somehow, what if it falls off your TV and it cracks on the floor? Then what? It, oh, then your console won't work. I mean, yeah. I mean that's just and you, and ludicrous. So even if they do sell it separately, until you replace it, you cannot use your Xbox. Yeah, see, that's that's ludicrous. So, and, or, or, or if you your do? dog or your cat choose the cable. Yeah, or like somebody like Chase. Chase already has one. If he buys now, he's going to have two. What do you do? Sell it? I well, mean, no, no. Well, I just disconnect my current Connect and use it on yeah. the computer as a 3D scanner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> SDK, baby. Something actual, actually worthwhile with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. I will say this. I will say this. If, if Microsoft can obviously do an about face here, and Sony, we don't know if Sony had these kind of plans in place. We don't really know. Perhaps maybe down the road we'll have uh, changes on both sides where perhaps you know Microsoft will be like, well, the Kinect's not required. Or, or better yet, just put duct tape over it. I don't know. Put, you know well, duct- it still has the microphone. Yeah, that's true. You just point it towards and the that's wall. That's the only way to turn it on. So, Well, there's well, you've got to be able to turn it on the controller, too. Nope. No? My, my understanding is you have to tell the Xbox to turn on. Just aim it towards the wall. So it's always listening. It's just only going to listen for the word Xbox. That's all it's going to listen for is the word. I don't know how it only listens for Xbox. But that's and if somebody gets a bird says. in there saying Xbox all the time, they think they turn I think the Connect is the, the Connect is a really, really good way to get usage tracking for other things. You know, like, Chase, you and I have talked about this in the past. Now with the Connect, it can identify someone walking into the room. It can pretty much infer what age they are based on height. Yep. Uh, it can infer if they're male or female in general. I'm not saying it's 100%, but yeah, yeah. they can get a lot of really generalized information about everything that's happening in the room that it's pointed at. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, one of our viewers said that. It's like, they can say, hey, wait a minute. You got 15 people in there watching that movie. We want more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. It's it's It, it just raises too many questions. I don't know. It, I'm not planning on buying. I might buy a, a Wii U. I know that's kind of bad, but um, I might buy a Wii U. Did you but see I'm the preview really for the new Super Mario console? Did you see the preview for the new Super Mario game? By the way, I haven't yet. They debuted it on uh, Jimmy Fallon on Friday, uh-huh. and <laughs> I was right. like, I want that so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, so ah. So I'm I'm more likely to buy a Wii U than I am to buy the other two. But if I if it if it came down to it, if if there was a game that came out that I had to have on one of the either the PS4 or the Xbox, I'd buy the PS4 every day. Uh, yeah. Honestly, the the PS Plus is a better deal than Xbox Live um, Gold. Uh, it, it I think the console is is going to be at least as good, if not better. 
developers who are working on it are saying they got better performance out of it. And the Xbox One games can be played on a Windows 7 PC. If you looked at their booth and saw that's what their development consoles were all running on. Yeah. They didn't well, actually have any real... I will say this. If, if, if people can get that wrapped up about things and get things changed via through Microsoft, as uh, per the uh, interactive president said, they heard loud and clear from their customers. If they can do that, then uh, perhaps we can see more changes come down the road. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but in the meantime, we will see uh, how it goes. Uh, and John, are you going to buy a next-gen console? Yeah, either one, PS4 or uh, probably Xbox. Probably a PS4. Any, any one of the three. Anyone? Probably oh, a yeah, PS4. Really, you will probably get it. Oh, I we know why. why? Oh, for dust. Yeah, yes. yeah for <laughs> dust. That was a bad question, Joe. You just set it up for yeah, that that's one. That's a good point. Yeah. We already knew what John was going to buy. We didn't even have to ask. So uh, we are running short on time. So what we're going to do we at are. this point is uh, we'll have extra uh, links in our show notes on some of the topics that we were going to chat about but ran out of time for. Uh, but what we're going to do now is move to our picks of the week. We haven't done these in a while. These are yep. things that we like and we pick and we talk about and we share with you. And these could be uh, a software pick. It could be a website pick. It could be a hardware pick. And John Kessler, you're going to be first this week. What's your pick of the week? Well, as some of the viewers know, I... Like watching uh, anime on uh, Crunchyroll, and they also know that you like playing Eve. But yes, and uh, yep. well, with Crunchyroll, they always have uh, part of their marketing stuff is ads going on around the top and stuff for games and and new stuff coming out. Okay, and as I was showing Chase here yesterday when he was over visiting me, mm-hmm. they've got a link to a, a bit of software called Anime Studio Nine. Anime Studio Nine. So what uh, what what does the software do? It uh, makes you make your own anime or, you know, cartoons. Really? Yep. I mean, and I myself, I have no, I'm not skilled for uh, this kind of stuff. But I figured uh, some of our viewers might be interested in it um, and thought I'd uh, kick, it, you know, kick it out there to you guys. So this is, uh, and I'm showing a video for all yep. of the video people out there. Uh, so basically, this is a full software suite that you can make your own characters, customize characters, and essentially make your own anime right yep and it's a little expensive though yeah actually i was when i was getting the link and stuff i was like oh yeah how um, much does it cost john i actually gotta bring that back up too i don't i i don't have i think it's link. like 249 or 299 or something yeah like but there was a there, there was yeah, another price though there well that was for the full suite um go back to oh well no this is the video, video. clip that i'm okay, playing let me, yeah no i can go back it's right here um look to the right there's uh, a debut copy yeah. So what's well, the, what's that? Forty nine ninety nine. What's the difference? Pro, you know, pro, well, I don't. know. We'd have to look up to find out. We're we'll click on the debut copy there, and see what it's what it what it says. Fair enough. Well, I can click on it, and it takes me to uh, probably a buy page. A buy, just a buy page. Debut oh. nine hybrid digital. That's all it is. So I, I don't know, but oh, here's a. I have. A, I found a link for it. Uh, okay. I'll send it to the IRC. Um, that has a comparison between debut and pro. Can you can you give us a brief synopsis real quick? Yeah. So the the big difference uh, it says the animation length you're limited to thir- three thousand frames or about two minutes of video with debut instead of unlimited with pro. Okay. Uh, motion tracking is limited to three points instead of unlimited. Audio tracks you only allowed two tracks, one video track. Uh, there's no physics or poser scene imports. 
There's no 3D layer support. There's no morph, uh, read-only morph targets. Uh, a lot of um, weird, not 64-bit. It's 32-bit. That's kind of a strange one. Hmm. Uh, so it's like a lot of features have been stripped out of it. But I mean, come on, you're you're dropping the price from 300 bucks to 50. Yeah. So I suppose it makes sense that a lot of the stuff has been pulled out. As long as it has everything you need, is and you don't need to do more than two minutes at a time. If you're just doing a quick YouTube video, 50 bucks might be worthwhile for you. And I think the idea is it'll get your feet wet and yeah. you'll decide. Well, now I have to buy the full thing. John, yeah. are you thinking about pulling the trigger on something like this? Is that why it kind of caught your eye? You think about making anime? No, no. Like I said, oh, I... I thought you would make an anime would, of Geeky Weekly. I would love Weekly. to see... I would, I would love to see Jana, John Amey. John Amey. No. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I was joking about it. I was like, yeah, Chase, you should make... Uh, you know, he's got plenty of time. Now I can make Geek Gamer Weekly, the animated series. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. See yeah. how well that uh, that did for uh, Penny Arcade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Then we can have yeah. our own expo one of these days. Yeah. yeah. But the... Uh, but no, you know, I, I figured, you know, I might tweak somebody's interest out there. I mean, because, I mean, you guys always have your... I mean, how much was your video editing software? I mean, well... It's say. Final Cut Final Pro. Cut, you mean? Yeah. yeah. What is Final it's Cut? It's a little Pro? different. Yeah, it's a lot different. <laughs> it's like I'm, well, li- I'm dealing with live action video, John. Yes, but how, how much is that? <laughs> if someone was to buy that, uh, Final Cut Pro is three hundred bucks. Yeah, three hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but the, the thing is, I, I I wouldn't have to. I don't know. Draw. <laughs> I wouldn't have to shade. I yeah. just cut video but, and. So I, I think anime, the anime studio is something that you would maybe create your characters, create your cutscenes in, and then when you wanted to actually do the editing and do the, the final production, you would maybe, I mean, you could probably do it inside of anime studio a little bit, but to do a real job of it, you'd move it over to something like Final Cut Pro or Adobe yeah. Premiere and do the actual final editing and mixing there. That's true. Well, great pick, John, for all mm-hmm. those anime creators out there. And uh, we'll have a link in our show notes and a link in the description of the video if you guys want more information about it. All right, Mr. Joseph Falby, you got a pick that looks really cool. What's your pick this week? Uh, so I'm I'm into RC. Uh, I, I fly a few different airplanes, and I, I've, for a long time, I've been flying with this. This is a Spectrum DX6i. It's a great radio. It's about $150, $200, bucks, somewhere around there, depending on which overpriced hobby shop you buy it in. Um, it's a nice radio. I've been really happy with it. six channels. It binds with all the Spectrum stuff. It does a pretty good job, but I am ready for an upgrade. And uh, and I thought about picking up one of their new radios, like a DX8 or something like that, mm-hmm. from Spectrum. And they do a pretty good job. Anyway, set that down. to want to drop it. Uh, but uh, a great website called Hobby King sells another line of radios that are from Turnigy. And this is the Turnigy 9XR. Holy crap, man. So... This is a nine-channel radio. It's it's a uh, fully digital radio. You can see the screen there at the bottom. You probably can't read it, but um, oh, it's telling me the throttle's not all. all I, ha- I have a picture uh, here of it. So <laughs> yeah. So basically, this will uh, this will do everything and more than my uh, my DX6i. It's a it's a full up nine channel radio. The big difference is obviously it's not a Spectrum brand, so it wait, doesn't link with wait, Spectrum gear. It's fifty bucks. Right, yeah. This is this is a fifty dollar radio. That's just fifty. It's a little bucks? more than that because because this module right here, which is this orange RX module, which lets it link with Spectrum stuff, oh. is about twenty bucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so for eighty bucks, you get a radio that is better than most radios at the, I want to say the four, five hundred, six hundred dollar range. Wow. Um, 
the downside to it is when you order it, it comes out of Hong Kong, so it takes kind of a long time to get to you. But uh, but it's it's a really really nice radio, and if you're into RC and you're doing anything with with that, you really can't go wrong with this because you can switch this module out, and it'll support basically any other. It's a standard module interface. Another company actually came up with this standard, so it'll support almost any other radio system that's out there. Holy crap! And for fifty bucks for a nine channel radio, you really can't go wrong with it. The other thing that's really cool about it is. The code that runs on it, because this this actually has a full computer in it. We do have a live um, question. They want to know how many profiles does it hold. Uh, you know that's a really interesting question. Uh, many. <laughs> um, it's one of many. So I have I have to. One of the things it does is it is it alerts you and says your your switches aren't in all the right places when you go to turn it on. Um. So I'm scrolling down the number. So it looks like it has at least uh, at least a 16 model memory. But one of the things that's cool about it is it's an open source radio. The the software was actually developed by the open source community for their previous generation radio, the 9X. And this radio has a programming port on it. There's actually a underneath this little rubber patch, there's a programming port. You can get a little board that hooks it up to USB on your computer, and you can write your own firmware for it. And they have supported information on it. They have all the software out there available for it. And there's a whole big open source community behind this radio and this series Here's of radios. Here's that interface board so that you were talking about right there. If yeah. 16 isn't enough for you, you can probably find a firmware that will support more. Or you can you know tweak things. You can change completely how the whole radio works. It's a, I think it's a really cool radio. And you know what? For 50 bucks, if you're into RC, this is a smoking deal. Wow. Um, it, it's, it's really awesome, but you know, just try it. It's 50 bucks. That is awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have, uh, you know, uh, just the, the, the USB you have, controller. You have this one. Uh, hold on. Let me Joe go. approves <laughs> of that controller. I have that one. You have this one. I have yes. real flight. This is a, this is a nice controller too. The, the thing you can't really get across though, is that the actual gimbals, these, these controls, on the Turnigy actually feel really good. They feel like they're really strong. Um, I was I was actually impressed with how good how good they felt under under your fingers. So, um, but yeah, it the the real flight controllers. It's a great way to get into RC. That's another whole. I should do that as a pick one of these times. We should actually uh, do that like, as a play along, Joe. As a whole play. Yeah, that's a good point. We can do multiplayer. We have like three or four people who haven't. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, I just think that Turnigy Nine XR is a great radio. That's an awesome, awesome so. pick, Joe. Interesting pick, but very cool. Uh, yeah, thanks, It's a Joe. little outside, but... No, it's all right. Still still, still geeky. Right? So, uh, my pick this week, um, and I'll be talking more about this. I'll probably be making some videos about this later on for the for the show site, uh, or for the, the network site. Um, I've been in the market now looking for a new phone, um, just because of the fact that I, I saw, at least for the 5S... That Apple wasn't going to uh, be making any changes to their screen size of their iPhone, and so, and since they're probably going to be waiting to the iPhone six to do a revolutionary redesign as far as screen size and go a little bit bigger, uh, I didn't want to really waste my upgrade that I have available to me through uh, my carrier, which is AT and T, and so. Uh, there was an, a story on Engadget over the weekend. I think they posted it on Friday that Radio Shack would be selling the HTC One for a discounted price of one forty nine ninety nine. That's with a two year agreement or a new contract, and then they would be giving you one hundred dollars in Google Play credit, which is very beneficial if you have to buy apps like I would if I would be moving to the new phone. Which guess what? Yeah, that's my pick. 
I did. Uh, I picked up the HTC One, uh, and it's one of the top Android phones out there today. It's available in two different varieties, 32 gigs and 64. It is an LTE phone, and it's available in silver and black, but I think AT&T only offers the silver. I haven't seen AT&T offer the black or at least they didn't have it at, at Radio Shack, which was where I was buying it. So I, I ended up getting the silver, which is not too bad, but let me uh, turn it on here so you guys can check it out. Uh, the screen is a beautiful 1080p dis, uh, screen. It's, uh, I think, 441 pixels per inch. So ret- Retina, if you're t- taking that from, from the Apple uh, point of view, uh, some of the other cool little uh, specs on this sucker. It's got a Snapdragon Qualcomm 1.7 gigahertz quad-core chip. It's 32 gigs of storage for this model. They also have a 64 gig available. Uh, 4.7-inch 1080p screen. Uh, the sound, it's got front-facing stereo. stereo speakers with built-in amps provided by Beats Audio. It does believe it or not. This is the best sounding <laughs> cell phone I have ever heard. I, I truly mean that. It also has Bluetooth, GPS, all that fun jazz, HTC, NFC. NFC. I, I have to say, I'm now I've only had it for a day, and I have rooted it. I'm uh, messing around with some custom ROMs. I actually got uh, a pretty much a stock uh, Android experience, and it's it's so good. Uh, got all that AT&T stuff off of there. <laughs> uh, but I got to say, I'm very impressed with it so far. Uh, I'm still getting to know it. And uh, the good news is a lot of the apps that I use on iOS are available on Android. And they're still free. And uh, anything that I need to pay for, uh, I will have Google credit for. So I went ahead and took the upgrade. I was able to move my unlimited data over So now I have uh, 4G LTE goodness, and I'm very happy with it so far. But it's only been a day, and as I mess around with it more, I will report back. But that is my pick this week, the HTC One. John needs a new cell phone. John has an Evo. We both have uh, HTC phones now. John, we're in the club. I have a Foxconn phone. Chase, it. You you have a Foxconn, yeah. It was like, whoops. John, uh, John. Well, I mean, had, uh, to, to be honest, true. you that's guys true. you guys probably have Foxconns too. That's true. I mean, in that's actuality, nine three five four two five. No, it doesn't have an AirPlay like feature that I can push out to the boxy, uh, but but I do have controllability with YouTube and Netflix and. All that other stuff. So. I actually really I I watched the Citrix uh, presentation at their Synergy conference a while ago. That's something I'm I'm doing at work, and they were demoing all of their stuff on iPads because they had an Apple TV hooked up to the projector, so they could get really easy out video out. Oh, it was really kind of entertaining. When they tried to do it with an Android device, they couldn't get it to work, so they had a guy come up with a camera over the shoulder to do it. Yeah, this doesn't have a video out port on it. Hmm. It has micro USB output. Mr. John, oh, wait. What? Before I say goodbye. What? Before I say goodbye, I had one final thing that I wanted to talk to people about. One final thing. Don't do drugs, kids. No, don't oh. do drugs. <laughs> no, it's, I'm going to flash it on the screen. You ready? You you watching, John? I'm watching. Did you see it? <gasps> what was that, Jay? Did you see it, John? Yes. Show me again. Oh. Did you see it? 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Geek Gamer TV is proud to announce that we are heading to PAX Prime 2013 from Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Now, that's in two months from now. Actually, 67 days, 7 oh. hours, 50 minutes, and 15 seconds. Why isn't that going down? That's interesting. You got to refresh the page. Yeah, fair enough. So, yes, we are heading to PAX Prime. It's four days this year. Can you believe that? August 30th, 31st, September 1st, and 2nd. That's Labor Day weekend. And uh, Geek Gamer TV will be heading there live as... Media. 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 So we'll have some of these. Multipass. Cobra and Dallas Multipass. We'll be uh, heading there. Now, this year, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. First off, we will not be doing live coverage at the event. Why? Well, we've done it. The, the bandwidth was bad, <laughs> to be honest with you. We had a uh, a live view unit, and that thing is awesome, except when 60,000 geeks are using the same bandwidth. It's just not good, yeah, we, man. We hogged it. Yeah. It's it's not that the, the live view was bad. I it's know. that the cell towers connection was bad. It, the, it was the all of the different cell towers we were trying to be on at the same time were all overloaded so instead of live you upgrading their game what we need to do is we need to get sprint and at&t and well sprint and at&t <laughs> that's sprint pretty much it, isn't it? i yeah. mean oh verizon verizon, verizon, yeah, verizon. there's verizon yeah. well sprint yeah um, sprint needs to get that lte stuff in place get rid of their ymax yeah yeah they're doing it right here they're doing it here now bastards yeah, yeah we, so we had a tower go out the other day because they were upgrading it they didn't tell us beforehand <laughs> So what we need, so basically here's the deal. And the reason why I'm announcing this to you guys so early is coming up here in the next couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to be launching the PAX Prime 2013 page. And we really want your assistance to help us cover this event. What that means is it's going to be, uh, we're going to want your um, your help and donations. And we'll have a list of things that we would like to pick up. We'll have a wish list on Amazon, and we really want to try to crowdsource and fund our coverage of the event, which means we're going to have interviews and many different places. Also, we'll do a live recap show every evening back here live in the, uh, I would say, the uh, Geek Gamer Studios. We'll do a live recap here. It will be a lot of fun. And yes, Cameron Man hopefully should be here for this. I didn't get confirmation that he's going to come. But he should. Yeah. So because we're still put gonna, that time off request in now. Yeah, I would yeah. do that. Yes. And we're still going to shoot some video. Some. Yes. Some. Yes. We're, we're going to shoot, shoot a lot of video at the event. We're just okay. not going to do it. We're live. just not going to do it live. That's all. Yeah. That's true. Well, I mean, the video will be recorded live. It won't be broadcast live. Does that make yeah. sense, Sean? Do we? Yeah. Do you understand what we're trying to say here? It's yeah. pre-recorded in front of a live audience. <laughs> Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be there, and we hope to have you guys along for the ride. Uh, and uh, let me tease this. I'll tease this. I know how popular PAX passes are. I don't not have just. I don't know. I I don't just have one. I have two sets of uh, individual day passes: uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Two sets of them. That I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with. So I might make them into a contest as part of a fundraising effort. I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it yet. So if you guys have any ideas for me 
on what we should be doing for our PACS coverage, what things you would like to see as part of our PACS coverage. There are ways you can contact the show, but the best way is sending us an email weekly at TV. You can send us your technology and gaming-related questions, text, audio, or video. Send them all that right there, weekly at TV. And uh, I would love all your ideas on what you guys think of what we should be doing for PAX. What's up, John? I was reading the uh, comments in the chat room. All right, fair enough. Yeah. <sighs> is 425 Cameron invite Rachel? Is that, is that, is that Cameron? Is that Cameron? Cameron, are you there? <laughs> anyway. Maybe that's Rachel. It could be. It could be Maybe Rachel. Maybe she needs some tickets. So, yes, uh, send send your comments and questions to Weekly at Geek Gamer TV. Uh, any PAX-related stuff, what you want to see covered, we cannot wait. Uh, 2012 was awesome. 2013 is going to be even better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we'll even do some uh, personal challenges as well. I think because, you know, they have the arcade and they have the free play area that we didn't really touch too much on and did any taping of. Well, I want to have a little bit more flexibility this year. I mean, uh, yeah, doing not doing the live stream, that will kind of free us up for some of that a little bit. Yep. Because we won't have to be... We're not push, determined to a yeah, schedule. That and, and trying to be on camera... For our viewers, the and whole have time. to worry about making sure the stream is up and stuff, and all that stuff. Sticking me in front of a live camera to do interviews that I'm not ready for. Yes, John Kessler. You can follow this guy on Twitter. It's not really him, but it's a fake. It's real. It's not a fake. It's real. John Kessler. You can follow him on the Twitters at VW Kenny. But really, he's the guy who keeps an eye on the chat room and plays a lot of Eve. So. If you have questions for John, you can definitely send them to him, John at Geek Gamer TV. That's J O N. Yes, and he'll can. answer uh, your favorite uh, Eve questions. Eve questions. <laughs> that's all he's good for. Yeah. Joseph Falby, you can follow him on Twitter, and he did tweet twice this past couple weeks. So no, very shocking. What did he say? Well, why don't you ask him, Joe? What did you tweet? I don't remember. Oh, right, there you go. <laughs> Boy, that was exciting. Joe's in charge of the uh, Oregon Bureau of Technology, Gaming, Research, and Development, and you can follow him on Twitter at Falby, F-A-L-B-E-Y. Yeah. Thanks so much, it, it Joe. Was, the tweets were Minecraft-related, John. Yeah. Oh, oh by the way, yeah. Joe is also the co-host of the worldwide famous show, Minecraft Me, which is Thursdays on this network. <gasps> yep. Go figure that Normally one. Thursdays. Normally Thursdays, which will Normally. be Thursday this Generally. week. Generally. It will be this week. It will Thursday. be Thursday this week, yes. Yeah. But not next week. Yeah. We'll we'll tell you guys about it on Thursday. <laughs> By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S, and you can also follow the network on Twitter. Please do so at Geek Gamer TV. You're going to want to because there's going to be some really neat things coming up down the road. Uh, some uh, live play-alongs. I just got a copy of The Last of Us on PS3, and it's pretty good. And we'll play it on the air. Well, actually, I'll probably play it. It's not very multiplayer. Well, actually, there is multiplayer. Anyway. Hey, do you need that hardware back to do that? No, no, no. I I have capture cards. Okay. Anyway, yes, follow me and follow the network on Twitter. And as always, everything that you can find about Geek Gamer TV, previous shows, news articles, and an awesome community can all be found at (gasps) geekgamer.tv. So make sure you hang out when you can where appropriate. We also have a TeamSpeak. In case you didn't know that, we have TeamSpeak now where you can chat at us while we're playing games. If we're playing games. 
which we never play games. John, you should jump in our TeamSpeak. We have a TeamSpeak server. Did you know that? No, I did and not. And guess what, John? I'll do this for you. What? I'll even make an Eve room for you. Really? That you and all your friends can come in and use. <laughs> and you don't have to host a TeamSpeak server anymore. But I'm serious. But I, I am taking care of one of our own right now. But but nothing. Uh, we have a 32-slot TeamSpeak server. So do I. Not anymore. You don't need it. Don't need to worry about admitting it anymore. Except for the fact that it's it's URL'd. Uh, I mean, it's a registered URL to my TeamSpeak server. Well, we have one, too. It's ts.geekgamer.tv. Mm-hmm. We do the Mine's- show every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at live.geekgamer.tv. We really appreciate you guys joining us. Hope you guys had a lot of fun as we did in making this show. For Mr. Joseph Falby, John Kessler, my name is Chase Nunes. Until we all talk again, we're all silent. Hey, John, say goodnight, Grace. Good night, Grace. Michael York?